Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Hope everyone is having a good Thursday. And since it's Thursday, that means it's live Q&A. So if you have questions, start filling up the chat right now. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to interacting with everyone that's going to be coming through on chat. Um, more news coming from 49ers, of course. Debo Samuel not practicing again. Jawan Jennings not practicing again. But, you know, there's a lot of good things that are coming from this. Um, hopefully, they could get out there on Friday and be ready to go. Um, but, you know, the 49ers are moving in the right direction. Brad Jones says, thank God you're back and need some sensible 49er talk after last week. Yeah, sorry, Brad. It was an interesting week overall. Of course, uh, you know, with the wedding on Sunday, it was it was tough for me to kind of get back into the swing of things. I did not have the opportunity to watch the second half of the game on Sunday night, it didn't take until Monday, so I didn't really want to go on live and talk about it until I'd had an opportunity to actually watch and, and consume the game overall, which was a little bit tougher after knowing that they lost, uh, but I did get it done. I did watch the game, and you know, I came out on the other side, and yeah, I mean, this week has been a little bit interesting. Monday and Tuesday were tough to get content done. Got a you know an Ant Hill show early. Yesterday, I did a a um, you know, news update show, but yeah, it's back to get back into the swing of things. I'm looking forward to this. Looking forward to having all the conversation. What's up, traffic? How's it going? Looking forward to having a conversation about, you know, the 49ers and, you know, just where they go from here against against the Los Angeles Rams. I think it's one of those things that's a familiar foe. You know, the Rams are good, um, but we know the 49ers are a really good team. They play the Rams very good as well. And what is up, Team Cali? How's it going? It says, what's up, Cutback Crew? I think everyone's having a good day. And, and Brad just says, probably a good thing you missed the second half. Brad, it's so interesting, kind of the way that went down. 
Uh, what's up, SG, by the way? I'll email you later. Um, I did not miss your email. It's just been busy. What's up, Lou? How's it going? Hope you're having a good day. Um, yeah, so the second half. So the first half, I was able to watch a little bit. I went up to the wedding site early, uh, watched a little bit of the game. And then after, you know, at, at halftime, I had to go to the wedding. Like I had to, it was time to go up, you know, help get things prepared, take pictures and all that. So I was kind of catching bits and pieces. And it's weird because Jay Hill's up at the wedding and he's watching on his phone and I hear George Kittle score a touchdown. So I go over to him real quick and I'm watching and I see Kittle score the cut, touchdown to cut it to five. And I'm like, here we go. Like I'm feeling good about it. And next thing you know, I hear uh, that there's a safety and the Warriors are down 14. I'm like, what the heck just happened with that? Uh, it, it's it's pretty ridiculous. But yeah, the second half wasn't fun to watch. It wasn't fun to break down. But in the end, that's what you do, right? That's that's part of the game. Uh, win, lose, or draw. You're you know you're a fan of the team, and uh, you want to point out the things they did well. You want to point out the things they didn't do well, and hopefully they can correct a lot of the mistakes that they made in that Kansas City Chiefs game because it wasn't a good game overall. They didn't execute at a high level. Um, but you know they're different matchups. You know different teams have different matchups, and hopefully Warriors match up better against the Rams, which I do believe. They do, and uh, let's see who else. What is up, Kylie? Oh, how's it going, Kylie? He says, Nicholas roots for KC, so the fam needs to get ready to give him crap in a couple weeks. When did he become a Kansas City Chiefs fan, Kylie? That's what I want to know. Uh, me and Nicholas are going to have a conversation. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun, I'm sure. I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple weeks in Arizona, so that'll be a lot of fun. And Paul says, Sunday was painful, and that's reiterated by SG. It was. It was painful. You know, it's one of those things where... The four years got off to such a good start against the Kansas City Chiefs. The excitement surrounding uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that place was fired up. I know I was fired up. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, where I was, it was, just, I mean, people were going crazy. They were excited about the game overall, and it was fun. You know, it was a lot of fun watching with a bunch of 49er fans, and it was exciting. And then, you know, they were started not being able to convert touchdowns, uh, but kicking field goals. And when that happened, it's like, uh-oh um that that's that's kind of when i started getting a little bit nervous the jimmy garoppolo interception the red zone uh in the first half the end of the first half what frustrated me i was already mad at jalen moore and then when i really got mad at jimmy garoppolo here's the true story i really got mad at jimmy for throwing that pick because i was going to do an entire segment on why jalen moore's offsides penalty uh makes him the player of the game because the the punt goes and you get the drop and the fumble and Jimmy Garoppolo had to go and not convert and ruin it for me. So thanks a lot, Jimmy. Uh, Lou says back to 100%. Two weeks of COVID stinks. Ouch. I'm glad you're back, Lou. I'm glad you're back to 100%. Um, COVID's no fun, you know, and I'm, I'm glad you're able to you know, get get out from under it and, and feeling better. That's good. Uh, Brad Joe says, were you mad at the safety? I wasn't down by 12. He was trying to extend a player. Players to get beaten, Trent Williams. Uh, to be honest with you, Lou or Brad, at the time, I had I didn't see it. I only heard it, um, so I wasn't really aware of the situation and things as it happened in that instant. Like later on, I'm able to watch it, and it has a different meaning. Uh, but when you're just listening and you can't physically see it, and it just catches your ear, the first thing you think is, "Oh no, it's a, you know, it's it's a safety." And so I think that was why I had that response compared to normal. Kylie says, sadly. When they played the Niners in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, uh, he trolled me, and that and that it's and then it stunk. Oh, yeah, we're, we're I'm I'm not enjoying this, Kylie. I'm not enjoying the fact um, that he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I'm not gonna lie. 
Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to get married now. I, I don't know if we can let this happen. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun in games, I'm sure. Ordinary Faithful says, no Debo. I hope Kyle doesn't run CMC into the ground. Um, is it for sure that there's no Debo in the game, or is it consistently being no Debo at the first two days of practice? If you stick to what they did last week with Charverius Ward, Charverius Ward did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday, but went through walkthroughs on Friday and then played in the game, that was the same thing, right? It was a, a tight hamstring, so maybe. Um, but clarify for me if you can. If they did, however, put him out, I would be interested in that. Lou says, I hope Kyle unleashes McCaffrey this week. I think he's going to. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be a big focal point of the game plan because he just he already gave the Rams problems a couple weeks ago. He's a matchup issue. He fits you know, what Kyle wants to do. And I think I did like what Kyle did last week early on in the game where he ran a few different backs using Jeff Wilson Jr. and Christian McCaffrey as a one-two punch. I think having them on the back in the backfield together at times could be fun as well, especially with the um, injury to Debo Samuel and Kyle Juszczyk. Being able to use them uh, will be important. And what's up, Freddie Mac Dre? How's it going? I hope you're having a good day. Brad says, and to me, Bosa, Williams, and Seaward did not look healthy at all. Um, I think they came back early. They're trying to make sure that they could win the football game. Uh, I think Ward was very, you know, wanted to play against his team, and I think they took advantage of him a little bit. They understood who he was and what his strengths are, and they went ahead and, and knew that he was going to try to stay on top of all of the routes, which he does. They threw back shoulder when he corrected, then they went over the top, and he wasn't healthy to run with them. So um, I think they did take advantage. I think you're right, Brad. I don't think those guys are 100%. I don't think they're going to be close to 100% until after the bye, but they're going out there competing, and this is a huge game. And Paul says, what about a watch party? Maybe uh, BWWL Grove, anyone in? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you everyone wants to get together and watch a game, I'm sure that would be a lot of fun. Paul uh, is talking about Buffalo Wild Wings and Elk Grove. That would be fun. Um, Paul, I'll have to I, – I can't do it for a couple weeks. I'm really super busy over the next couple weeks. It's going to be crazy. In fact, um, that's what I was talking to Kylie about earlier. I'm going to be flying to Arizona the week of the, um, the Chargers game. I'm going to be flying back from Arizona that day, hopefully in time to catch the game and do a live. I'm not sure. Um, it's kind of up in the air, but yeah, I'm going to be out there for a wedding. So, uh, next couple of weeks are busy for me, but I, anyone that wants to hook up with Paul, you should, I mean, that's a lot of fun, but I would definitely be interested in doing that down the road. Uh, if, if, you know, everyone's schedules permitted, I think that'd be fun. Uh, team says KC didn't just beat us. They embarrassed us. I hope they take their frustration on the lamps. I think the, the team will feel that way, but watching that film, you know, yes, the Kansas city chiefs played at a high level. But I think the 49ers would still be frustrated with their own play uh, because they allowed Kansas City to get some of the things that they got. The 49ers literally uh, helped yo. Kansas City beat them. You can't have those problems and those and those uh, struggles. So um, I think that's something that the 49ers are going to have to you know, consistently work on. And hopefully they can just get better and better and better. Um, SG says, hi, Ant. I really love your YouTube channel. And you really know a lot about the 49ers, and I'll support you as much as I can. And you are uh, the absolute OG. I appreciate that, SG. Thanks so much. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate you reaching out to me. Like I said, I'm gonna get to you on the email. Um, I, I'm sorry about the you know that game with the Chargers. I'm just afraid I'm not gonna be able to you know be any good if I come on your live stream after traveling um from arizona and you know the whole hustle and bustle and just making sure that i get back in time and i always want to make sure you know i do the best i can for whoever i go on with so 
Um, but we'll work it out for sure. We'll we'll get it done. It's it's a, gonna be a busy next couple of weeks. Um, but I'm gonna I'll get back to you with the email and we'll figure it out. And then Mr. Corey says, Ant, still think I pick on Mike McGlinchey? Yes, of course you still pick on Mike McGlinchey, Mr. Corey. Sometimes it's deserved and sometimes it's not. I think that, you know, Mike McGlinchey struggled. He admitted so. I don't know how the calf was. Uh, this was the first game where he he looked pretty uh pretty bad. And what's up, SL? What's up, Mosquito? Uh, Killa, how are you guys doing? And what's up, BV? Um, I, I think McGlinchey's got to be play better. But I think the 49ers need to play in front of the sticks. And what I mean by that, to anyone that doesn't know, play in front of the sticks, is they need to be better on first and second down. If you're better on first and second down, it makes third downs a lot easier. When you have third and seven plus, that's difficult for players like Mike McGlinchey because they're not known for their traditional pass sets and, and kick sliding, being able to handle edge defenders uh, really well from those traditional sets. Where he's really good is when you're able to move the pocket you know, and run slide protections and that sort of thing. So I think that anytime you start getting into those situations, it puts some players that Kyle Shannon has drafted where he knows they're significant in the run game a little bit back, you know, a little bit worse for wear when it comes to pass. Um, and you saw that on display, holding penalties, um, negative plays, those things all play into it. And then eventually when you're forced to those third and longs, you can't convert. And also the de defense knows what to expect. I mean, if it's third and two, you think they're taking Chris Jones out and moving him over to the edge to rush against Mike McGlinchey? No, because then you can run up the middle. So I think that, you know, getting ahead of the sticks is so important for this team, and that helps protect players like Mike McGlinchey. I mean, we can argue, should we have to protect our starting right tackle? That's an argument for another day. But we know what his weaknesses are, and it's the goal of the team to put the players in the best uh, opportunities to be successful, and that's where McGlinchey can be successful, is run blocking and then also moving the pocket. BV says, Ant, do you see Shanahan drawing up plays uh, lining up both Debo and Christian in the backfield. Absolutely. From the time that that trade happened, that's the first thing I saw in my mind. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of things that start with Debo and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. I think they can motion out. I think you can motion both of them out. I think they can, you know, run little read option type plays with them in the backfield, especially with Trey. Um, but even with even with Jimmy, they can give some of those looks, run some RPO off of it. It's going to be difficult, um, you know, for defenses to locate them. And if they're in the backfield, and you have you know a personnel grouping that puts you know the the other team in, in nickel or dime, you're going to get some matchups that you probably like. And if you can find a way to get that into a base set, you're going to get Debo and Christian McCaffrey lined up on linebackers. That's not good for the other team. Paul says, "I agree. I don't believe we're a healthy team. Didn't look like it. I'm with you on that." Forty Nineers faithful says, "Debo not officially ruled out, but he had big problems with the hammy in the past years. You're right. He definitely has struggled with hamstrings." I think that's why I'm a little optimistic about Debo. Most of the time when he had those hammies, he he left the game. He would limp off. He would be done. And he was able to kind of play through this one. So I'm hoping it's more hamstring tightness and not so much a hamstring pull or strain like we've seen in the past. If it is, he could play. He'll have a bye week. He'll have, you know, he could have two full weeks off if they really wanted to do that. Um, so that would be where we're going. Uh, Lou says, when will we, our injured D-line and running back players be returning we know that we don't know about Eric Armstead. Kyle Shannon said there's no timeline. They've keep said it was first it was maybe the Rams. Now it's maybe the Chargers. Um, I'm a little surprised they didn't put him on IR considering how long he's been out. I don't know about Armstead. Kinlaw has a couple more weeks um, before he's going to be eligible to come back. And as far as Elijah Mitchell, he's supposed to be back according to Kyle Shannon for the Chargers game. He said that was when uh, the eight weeks was up. 
and that was a target and that Elijah Mitchell hadn't suffered any setbacks. So I think that's good. Kyle Juszczyk should also be back for that Chargers game. He had surgery, and with a bye week, it's going to help him be able to come back for the next game. So there's at least some good news for the 49ers. 49ers Faithful says, Rams getting Kareem Hunt next week. Thoughts? Oh, man, I hope they don't get Kareem Hunt. Um, I think that would make them a lot better. They were definitely willing to pay a lot for Christian McCaffrey. Let's see what they're willing to give up for Kareem Hunt. But I mean, the thoughts of Hunt going for a third, you know, a third, a three, a third day pick, oh, uh, that's struggling. Yeah, uh, I mean, that would definitely make them better. I think the good news is uh, the four yards won't have to play him. So if the four yards get a win here. Um, I don't really care what the Rams do at that point. I mean, do whatever you want. You're going to have to get a full game ahead of the 49ers to be able to win the division. So I, I think that, you know, it's, if it happens, it happens. I hope it doesn't. I don't really want to see any of the teams in the NFC West get stronger. Um, and Kareem Hunt's a good football player. But if it does, at least it's happening after the 49ers already a play. Brad says, I 100% agree with you. And everything went right for the Chiefs and, every, and very little went right for the Niners. And the fact we were within five points in 13 minutes gives me hope. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that's the thing. They were there. They were at least competing. You know, I mean, that's the one thing I can say about this team. It hasn't been for lack of desire lack of competitiveness, they've been in there battling. And uh, sometimes you start making mistakes and you work so hard to not make mistakes, you do too much, and it ends up being like quicksand. Anyone that's heard that conversation, the harder you fight against it, the worse you sink. And I think that's what went, started going on. Players started make, trying to make big plays. Same thing happened against Atlanta. Brad Warner guessed and missed uh, on a play, and they got a, a big run. Hufanga blitzed off the edge, uh, came a little bit you know different than we should have, and it, it turned into a big play. Sometimes you just try to do too much. You have to consistently just keep doing your job. I know you want to make a play, but playing out of position or doing too much can have a negative effect. So I think we've had a little bit of that happen over the last two weeks. And the Warriors just got to get back within themselves, do what they do well, and just keep competing. But you're right. At least they were they were playing close to one of the best teams in the league. And now you got to put it together for four quarters. You did it for three. Can you put it together for four I think that's a bigger question. Even then, they were turning over the ball, making mistakes. Uh, wasn't clean, but at least you could be optimistic about it. SL says, I've been saying for weeks, D'Amico Ryan has been outcoached by his adjustments all are um, three plays late. Uh, it could be. I, I think that you know we've seen D'Amico Ryan's uh, kind of fall into the, the problem of he had a certain defense that was working where his defense was able to play fast because of the, the players that he had. When you have an elite pass rush, it, it speeds up everything else for the offense, and it makes it easier for the defense. When also you lose Emmanuel Mosley, and Mosley was so significant because it allowed you to play, uh, put those guys on an island when you need to, Charvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley, and allowed linebackers and safeties to play free. As soon as you lost Mosley, all of a sudden now you had to come up with more elaborate you know, schemes to be able to help protect them at times, keep a safety over the top. Maybe give a bracket coverage over here. Uh, go ahead and run a zone over that way. It just changed the way they play defense. And then you start getting more confused about what you're trying to do instead of being able to play fast and free and not having to think. And I think that's what we saw a little bit against the Chiefs game. That's how you get a wide open receiver in the middle of the field with no one around. I think that's what they need to figure out and work on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he is it lack of adjustment? Probably some. And I also think it's, you know, losing personnel starts changing the way you have to call defense. Uh, you're just not able to let these guys be as free and take as many chances as you would like. Loses and I keep hearing about Kyle and Jimmy need to be on the same page and trust in him. What's your take? I don't think it's so much that they're not on the same page. 
I just think right now there's a, a lack of execution. From what I've seen from most of the film that I've watched, I mean, does Kyle make bad play calls here and there? Of course, everyone does, right? You you expecting the defense to do one thing and you do another. I think sometimes he, uh, he kind of gives the defense too much credit and expects them to make an adjustment before they do. Uh, I think that's a problem for a lot of, you know, play callers in general. Um, so I think that when it comes down to it, I, I think that, you know, Kyle uh, is doing the right thing. I think Jimmy executes some, but then the team needs to help Jimmy because Jimmy's not an elite quarterback that can overcome obstacles. The team needs to help him along the way. They can't have drops. They can't have turnovers. Uh, those things need to be taken care of. So I think it's a lot about execution. It's a lot about just chemistry as far as offense switching from, a Trey Lance-inspired offense that was going to do different things than what Jimmy Garoppolo's offense does. Jimmy Garoppolo's offense is all about, you know, expanding people horizontally with pass and with run and creating pass lanes that way. It's just a different way of going about it. And what's up, David Zamora? Says, new member, let's go, 49ers. Enjoy your videos. Thanks so much, David. Welcome to the Cutback Crew. Really enjoy having you here. Um, So I think I think that's kind of where we're at. Freddie says, can't wait to see Debo and CMC in the backfield. I can't either, right? The things that they're going to be able to come up with are going to be exciting. I think that was the, the part that got me over uh, the, the initial shock of what they gave up for CMC was what we're going to be able to see from the offense with Christian McCaffrey. Because I started making this point in some of the videos, I'm sure you guys have started to hear it, is, you know, watching a lot of these plays, I did a scouting report video over on Patreon, is you know, the run plays of Debo Samuel haven't worked as well this year. And part of the reason is Debo's vision hasn't been as good as it was last year. There have been opportunities for him to cut up field and have really significant runs. But then I started thinking and remembering, this is Debo Samuel. He's a wide receiver who plays running back. Now we're going to have Christian McCaffrey running those same plays, and he's a running back who can play wide receiver. Different in, in the way that the running style, uh, the vision, also the elusiveness on the second level. So it's going to be exciting to see these guys used. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it for sure. Um, Mosquito Killer says, hey, Ant, do you think Trent Williams is really giving away plays? People are saying it in the run lines up on the, the line, but when the pass, he's back a little. If he is, it is his job to fix it. Now, early on in the year against Chicago, he had a tail with his foot. Um, so he would give a little bit of a, a shake with his foot and let people know if it was a, a pass or a run. He quickly fixed that. Luckily, a defender from Chicago pointed it out, and he was able to correct that. If there are tells, it is a co there's coaches that are actually supposed to pay attention to all those things and figure it out. And Chris Forrester and Trent Williams need to figure it out. So, if he has tells, the easiest way to change that is to make it so it's not always consistent, right? So if he's starting farther back on pass plays, sometimes start back and then make it be a run, and then just take advantage of them that way. Keep them off balance. If you need that extra advantage to play a little bit farther back, then what you have to do is sometimes when it's time to run the football, you have to give them that look. So that way they can't guarantee that that's what the call is going to be. If it's every single time, uh, then it's something. But I mean, I used to watch film all the time and find little keys to what people did and it would give away, you know, lots of things. So if they're finding that, they're going to take advantage of that too. Uh, yeah, and that's what Mosquito said. I know he was also kicking his foot on pass plays too. You're right. Any news on why Mason wasn't at, at the open part of practices? I have not heard that. Um, I will I will keep my ear to the ground, and if I hear something about Mason, I'll make sure to get it up there for sure. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. And Mosquito says, line from the replacements, LOL. 
I, I did like that. that. That movie was funny to me. <laughs> I always enjoy the football movies. I just watched Remember the Titans a couple days ago. Uh, it just never gets old. It never gets old. Um, Fortnite Fifth says Fred Warren needs a big game. He's not playing his best ball this season. Where Fred has been really good has been in pass coverage for the first part of the season. The last couple weeks hasn't been there as much. Um, but Fred, Fred's game is a lot better when you have Kinlaw and Armstead in front of him. So when you can keep offensive linemen off of him, he's more successful. It's with any linebacker in this league. And the fact that they've been rolling with Kevin Givens, with Hassan Ridgeway, uh, with Spence, with Hyder, those things aren't good because then they don't have to double team all the time. And when they do, they're pushing them back into Fred. So he needs some interior defensive line help definitely to keep those offensive guys off of him. You're going to have offensive linemen like Brian Allen coming back for the Rams, but they have a lot of weaknesses too. No booms gone. They got Skura playing left tackle, or I'm sorry, left guard. There's a lot of changes along the, the Rams offensive line. So if there's a week that he can get it done, it could be this week. This could be a bounce back game. Alex Faulkner says, what is the identity of this team? I think they're trying to figure it out, um, but I think they're working towards it. I think the identity shifted you know, against Seattle in week two when Trey Lance got hurt. Kyle Shanahan talked about it this week. He said, you know, uh, the coaches had to kind of change. He worked all offseason on getting his brand new offensive coaching staff uh, equipped to handle an offense that was going to have Trey Lance at the helm, the way that they were going to go about the run game and the pass game with Trey. Then when this when that injury happened, they had to shift to the way Jimmy Garoppolo goes about it. So Hitting chemistry, a lot of it had to do with the coaching staff as well. Now, he said they're up to speed, but you change very much how you run your offense. With Trey, it was more uh, it was, it was more vertical, a vertical passing game, a vertical running game, putting stretch on the edge rusher with the read option, 11-on-11 11 11 football. With Jimmy Garoppolo, it needs to switch to an outside run zone scheme because you need to be able to stretch players horizontally to create those windows for him to throw. That'll create play action. That'll create RPO. Those are things you saw in 2019. So think 2019 offense with Raheem Moser, with Matt Breida uh, involved in the offense. That's what they've got to work towards. Elijah Mitchell got hurt. They weren't able to go to that right away. Jeff Wilson Jr. has done a pretty good job, but that's why the run game hasn't taken off like they want it to. Now you put in McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell comes back. Pretty soon you're going to be able to get on the, the edge pretty consistently again. And it's going to make not only linebackers step up into the box even closer to the line of scrimmage, but also move horizontally and create those windows for Jimmy to throw the ball. And as long as he consistently takes a couple of shots down the field, they don't even have to work. Uh, but just the threat of doing it is going to keep a safety at least go back and not able to come in for that robber look. So um, I think the identity is being formed, but they've got to get it going. It was early, right? Great defense. Um, that defense is taking some hits. Emmanuel Mosley hurt, Armstead hurt. When Bosa was out against Atlanta too, that hurt a lot. So I think they're working towards that identity, but there is a roadmap to see what it is. Uh, good question from Alex Faulkner. Um, team Cali says, it became about individual success, which took us uh, out of the team concept. You could be right. I think they're looking to get back to that for sure. Uh, Brad Jones says, I love to, love to be 4-4 going into the bye. Not at all lost if we're 3-5 and five after the bye. I'm expecting we get back Mitchell, Aziz, and Verrett, and hopefully Armstead. Yeah, I mean, four and four would be a, a, the great situation because that means you own two division victories over the Rams. And I think you're sitting in a really good spot. The Seahawks have a tough game against the Giants this week. Um, so the 49ers could easily be right back, tied in first place. But with the divisional wins, they would be, you know, one of the teams that are in first place. So 
Um, yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think that it, it, they could overcome three and five. They did it last year, especially with the NFC struggling overall. We haven't seen anyone really pull away. Um, but we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, Frank says, "Ant, aloha, TCC. Time for cupcakes to buck up. It's the NFL. It's a tough league. No quarter is given. Also, the team needs to remember to have fun." Play for the joy of playing. Yeah, they need to get back to it, right? Um, they might be stressing on the situation, so they, they need to get back to it. Hopefully, the Rams are coming at the right time. I think it could be uh, a good time for that, but you're right. You have to play loose. You have to play fun. You have to go out there and get it done, and I think McCaffrey did give them a lot of excitement. This will be the first game plan that's fully uh, equipped for McCaffrey to be a part of it, so if they get something going, it could be a lot of fun. KNDR says, Ant, what are the odds Jay Hill Talking through the intro of next week's episode of Ant Hill, 100% guaranteed. The guy cannot stop. I will literally count three, two, one, and he just continues the conversation all the way through. It's one of the craziest things. Anyone that watches the Ant Hill show knows there's a, a guaranteed Jay Hill is going to do that. Uh, Jay Hill is a, he's just an interesting cat, that one, I'll tell you. He really is. Uh, Frank says Trent is compromised. It's obvious. Yeah, I think he's trying to work back. You know, I think he, he's not 100% yet. Uh, hopefully, he's able to play against the Rams at a you know pretty high level, and then the bye week comes at a good time, and they can rest him, and he can get back to where he needs to be. I think that would be good for the 49ers in a, in a few positions, but especially with Trent Williams. Of course, is a top 10 pick that has to be coddled. I don't know about coddled, uh, but with all players, they have weaknesses and they have strengths. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, every single every single player, I don't care if they're – uh, you know, the number one pick overall, or if they're not, um, there are strengths. Nick Bosa, if he was in a 3-4 defense, it wouldn't be good in coverage. That's not a strength of his. You know, he kept saying, oh, I could play 3-4 outside linebacker. No, you can't. Um, but finding a strength, and that's why Chris Kassarik went to a wide nine, and that's why he's successful. It's your job to put these players in the best situations to be successful. And with Mike McGlinchey, they knew what they were getting, and they felt like his skill set fit what Kyle Shanahan wanted from his right tackle, and they went there. It's not about being coddled. It's about putting him in the right positions that fit your scheme. And if he goes to the, a different scheme, he might not fit. So that's just how kind of how I see it, though. Uh, Frank says, in the NFL, the players that surround uh, a player help him in a position to make that spectacular play. Individuals glory in team sports. It, it is a lot about team sports. Uh, I think that you know, with with about when you can keep it about the team, I think it's really, really uh, a fun situation. I think the Forty have done that pretty well over the last several years. Uh, they've been about team, and you're still seeing that to this day. Um, with Jimmy Ward playing out of position to help his football team, you know, I mean, you've seen a lot of sacrifices. Guys talk about they're not worried about their individual numbers, but they're worried about helping the team. I think there is some guys, of course, that want to get theirs, um, but I think that's just kind of the name of the game. What you're hoping is that they're going to put team first and. But the way guys block and stuff, that's how it, it should be and how they do how they do it. Mr. Course says Jack Conklin is available in a trade. Need him or a corner more than McCaffrey. Well, you already have McCaffrey, so you can't do anything. I do have question marks if they can pick up a corner. Who would that be, Mr. Corey? Do you have a corner out there that you believe the 49ers can get? Um, because I I, I mean I would love to see it for sure. Um, Lou says. Ant, do you blame Jimmy for missing the open running back on his pick six in the end zone? What did you see? Well, I, I, it's kind of cheating now, but I did say that I did not blame him for missing um, 
missing the running back only for the mere fact that I did not believe that that was his initial part of his read. And when you have, you know, a zero coverage, you have, man, you believe that you can get to one of your players that's winning. The one thing I, bl I do blame him for the interception because he's falling away. He doesn't make a really good throw. So as far as choice of the way he threw it, he should have thrown that ball out of the end zone. But locating Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, it's like Kyle, Kyle even spoke on this. He said, you know, you would love for that to happen, but him having time to be able to go through his progression and get it to Jeff Wilson Jr. would have been very difficult. Um, I think he just expected one of his players out there in zero coverage to win. I think most NFL quarterbacks would expect, you know, you're all pro tied in to win and get him the ball. But what happened was you had spacing issues between him and Ray Ray McLeod. So that defender was able to undercut and catch the football. It was a bad throw by Jimmy Garoppolo. He never should have made it. Um, and without having time, he should have ate it, right? It's either throw the ball away or take the sack. Uh, it's unforgivable to turn the ball over in the red zone like that. But I don't think he had the time. I don't think he uh, had the understanding to be able to get the ball to Jeff Wilson Jr., even though I would have loved that. I mean, I think it would have been fantastic. Marvin says, what I read today, some of the injured players on the on the sheep are going to be able to play Sunday. Yeah, I, I've heard that guys are going to start coming back. Brian Allen, their center, is going to be able to play. Van Jefferson going to play which is there now they got a vertical threat which i think is important so that'll definitely help them the rams are going to be better um in that part of the game with skilled players and then on the at center but without joe no boom so they're suffering injuries at left tackle at left guard uh and then getting their center back and and getting a a wide receiver but Spelernick wasn't a threat to go vertical so van jefferson affords them the opportunity to do that we'll see how much of an impact that makes on the game and if the Warriors have to adjust they're secondary, but I mean, I, I think they definitely could still figure it out. I don't think it's like, at least it's not uh, OBJ because OBJ has, was a problem when he was out there. Frank says, how many body smashing tackles has Jimmy endured this season? Seems like every time he completes a pass, defenders are unloading on him. I watch other quarterbacks not getting smashed like that. It was interesting in the game, Frank, that I felt like Jimmy Garoppolo really had a lot of time early in the game to throw the football, clean pockets, and he was doing a pretty good job at it. As the game progressed, those you know pockets collapsed on him. He started taking hits. He does take hits a lot. Uh, he holds on to the football a little bit. I mean, McGlinchey's two sacks that he gave up. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo held the ball for over three and a half seconds. Is that because no one's open, or is that because um, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't locate the receiver he needed to get it to? I, I don't know for sure. I think it's it's circumstance for each one, and there's context for all of it. But, I mean, yeah, he takes hits. I mean, and his quick release, a lot of times he gets the ball out. So the four yards, you know, can got to consistently do things to kind of upset that pass rush. I'm kind of surprised they didn't run more screen passes to take advantage of that aggressive pass rush. We'll see what Kyle Shannon ends up putting in, you know, in the next several weeks. Team Cali says, I would love to see Drake Jackson start opposite side of Bosa. I would love it too, but I think he has to get better against the run. Right now, Drake Jackson is a pass rusher. And when he goes out there, his his pass rush skills are pretty good. His speed is fantastic. Uh, he's able to, you know, find these guys and get them down. I think third and long situations would be good for the Niners. That means more opportunity for a NASCAR package that has Bosa, Ebucom, Charles Aminahue, and Drake Jackson. They'll be able to get after the quarterback, and they'll have enough speed to be able to match with some of these quicker quarterbacks in the league. But um, I don't think he plays good enough against the run, setting the edge to be able to start yet and be a base four, three down guy. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen sometime this during this year or next year, but I think he's still developing that part of his game. Frank says, Dante Johnson, everybody needs a Johnson, LOL. Dante Johnson was a healthy scratch last week. 
let's see what they do. Let's see if they play him this week. Uh, we'll see if Jimmy plays. Jimmy Ward plays the nickel. I know they talked to him about it, and he's kind of leading on that he's still going to play it. But we'll see. Marvin says Jimmy has been harassed all day long. O line did a poor job that day, and they put themselves in precarious situations. Marvin, when you have third and long, that's not good for Jimmy. When you have you know third and four, third and three, number one, you can still run the ball. Number two. Uh, he can complete quicker passes and be able to convert on third down. So it kind of allows the entire field to be open instead of having to play it down the field towards the sticks where secondary is able to play the sticks, let you throw the ball underneath and make the tackle, and you're trying to get a first down. It makes you hold the ball a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think it makes it tough sometimes, and uh, Jimmy does take hits. Uh, I'm just glad he's been able to hold up so far, and I'm hoping that you know some of the advantages that Christian McCaffrey is going to afford this team is going to make it more difficult Four teams to dial up that pressure without being hit for huge, huge plays. Um, I'm hoping that happens. SG says, which is better, 49ers O-line or 49ers D-line? It's got to be the D-line. Uh, the D-line is way talented. They're they're fantastic. So it says, what are your thoughts on OBJ going to Kansas City Chiefs and teaming up with superstars such as Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey? How well do you think he would fit on that team? Uh, I think he will fit pretty good on pretty much every team. Uh, he's one of those guys that can do it all. Of course, they made a trade today. They went out and got a young guy. So uh, they're they're making moves. They were also calling about Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has been in the mix. Uh, I remember during the offseason, I talked to Brandon Cooks and Green Bay being interested. Well, hello, Green Bay is back interested again. We'll see if Cooks gets moved. He just had the new deal during the offseason to stay in Houston. Um, but we'll see if, if he gets moved. Mr. Corey says, D'Amico Ryans uses Fred Warner differently than Sala. Warner hasn't been as dominant since Sala left. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's that's part of it. Uh, I think also remember that last year was, what, week nine, game nine, that Armstead took over and went into the inside, and then everyone started talking about, oh, uh, Fred Warner is, you know, playing back to his level. Yeah, well, he got defensive tackles that could keep offensive linemen off of him. And whenever they can occupy double teams, your linebackers flow free, and then they're able to make the plays and and, you know, be able to flow freely. That's what you want. So a lot of it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. You need personnel. A good secondary makes your D-line better. A great D-line makes your secondary better. A great D-line makes it easier for linebackers. I mean, it all works hand-in-hand, hand, and I, I think that that's part of it. But, I mean, is Saul and D'Amico Ryan's system differently overall? Yeah, it is. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a big difference. But, I mean, remember when Fred was tearing it up in 2019? Yeah, Buckner, you know, and Armstead a lot of times inside. Uh, they were they were really good uh, defense, and they had a good defensive line that kept guys off of them. Mr. Corey says Kyle's making excuses. Oh, they went three and five last season with familiar coaches. Um, I don't think he's making excuses. I, I think it's I think it's uh, I think you can look at it at that way. I think last year was last year, and this year is this year. Of uh, circumstances play into it, so I don't think you can look at it in a vacuum. Like it was a, it was familiar coaches, so it's this way. Um, I think it's legitimate. I think because they planned on, you know, he taught all these young coaches a certain system and how he was going to run the offense. Uh, and then it changed because you got to switch at quarterback and you can't plan those things. You just got to roll with the punches. And it wasn't as simple as taking a guy that was like the other, right? Uh, someone with a similar skill set at being able to plug and play them and there not be some sort of transition. I mean, you could go back in 49ers history and watch Joe Montana come out and Steve Young go in. It wasn't always the smoothest transition between the two guys, and they're both, you know, really good quarterbacks. Uh, it just because that happens doesn't mean it's going to be a smooth transition. As you're transitioning into different formations, different play calls, and different scheme using different personnel, things alter and things change. 
your angles on blocks change if you're going to more of a horizontal style of run game and outside zone compared to a vertical one or a gap scheme. All those things play into it, which means you got to coach up guys. Yeah, Chris Furster understands what's going on, and he's the one guy that's been the holdover is the offensive line, and that's why some of those guys have still played well. But in other positions, I mean, you have a new tight ends coach, you have a new wide receiver coach, new running back coach, and I know Anthony Lynn's very experienced, but you also have a new pass game coordinator. You have a new run game coordinator. A lot of changes. Uh, so I'm I'm just thinking that they're going to continue to adjust and get better. Frank says, Jimmy with no camp and training camp uh, is better than Jimmy with five years in the shit hand system. You're not wrong. Uh, Lou says, Aunt, great show as always. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lou, for coming through. Glad you're feeling better and always fun to have a conversation with you. But um, I am glad you're feeling a lot better. That's I was worried about you. Frank says, in the Atlanta game, I asserted that if they came out and ran on first and second down, they would lose. And in my opinion, analytics are a real part of the league, and that's Kyle's play progression is predictable. He's tried to throw it a little bit more on first and second down, um, but you're right. There has been some predictability once they get past the the script. Uh, I thought that he did a pretty good job against the Rams last time. I went back and watched that film, and I think that's something that once he figured out the Rams weren't going to adjust as rapidly, as quickly as he believed they would, um, and he slowed down, then he got back to what worked. Of course, it helps when you have players make big-time plays like Debo Samuel did. But, uh, yeah, so I think that, you know, you can uh, potentially, you know, work that work through it and get it to work. But uh, Team Cali says, I love your analysis, Coach Ed. You always look for the silver lining in a bad situation. Keep up the positivity, Coach. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And thank you, SG says, I love your channel. I really appreciate everyone that, that comes through and enjoys and, yeah, I think you're always looking for an angle. I, I think that's part of the reason um, that, you know, I, from a coach, like for, like I was as a coach, it's like I was always trying to find a way to win. It wasn't enough to say um, we're not good enough or, you know, we're, we're just not a good football team. It was like, no, what we got to do to get better? You're always looking for a little, you know, a little space to be able to win um, whatever. And I think that that's, that's kind of my perspective. It's like, okay, we didn't play well here, but how can I scheme it up? How can I give this guy hell? What can I do here? to make it so you can, you know, so you can be successful. And I think that's what the four yards coaches consistently try to do. And they have talent. It's just a little frustrating. They're not executing at a high level right now, but that was the same as last year. And then they were able to execute it. And Mr. Corey says, Gilmore, are you talking about Stefan Gilmore? Is Stefan Gilmore going to be available for trade? I, I don't know if that is the true, if that's true. If it is, um, what are you going to have to give up? But I love Stefan Gilmore. I always have. Uh, Frank says, F the record. Let's just kick the blank out of the Rams. It will feel great. It will. Everyone will feel really good going into the bye week if the 49ers beat the Rams. That's 100% accurate. And that's what they have to do. And I'm going to let Frank be the final word on this. Uh, thanks, everyone, for coming through for the, Q the Q&A show. I really enjoyed it. A lot of fun. I hope you guys all have a really good weekend. And make sure you guys join me for the game reaction show. I know I missed last week. I will be back with it this week. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll have some good interaction. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating a 49ers win. If you haven't got the chance to check out the game preview show, check out that. It's available on the channel. Uh, there's going to be cover two, the Madden simulation, what's good with Jay in the Bay coming out tomorrow, and then what's the game plan episode coming out on Saturday. Also, over on Patreon, you can check out the scouting report video. But lots of good stuff uh, out there. Thank you guys so much for coming through. 
Really, really appreciate everyone in chat. Uh, love all the new names that we've had coming through as well. So have a good one, everyone. Stay safe, and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.